1: Doesn't continue to get a push. That could be something that we could talk about, you know. So
0: right, that'll be that'll be something that like maybe two, three games in, we can start looking at what really needs to improve and and what stuff needs to be worked on. You know. Yep. I, I guess know. it's I guess it's a good thing that after the first game that there's not like this big glaring thing that needs to be fixed. <laughs> that is. But to think about it. But we are back on Wednesday. Uh, Jake and I were were talking before the show, and we have come to the realization that we are no longer a weekly Wisconsin sports podcast and show. We are now a a twice-a-week Wisconsin sports podcast and show. So today we have Brewers and Badgers. Um, We'll have some Bucks coming up in about a a little over a month, and that'll be on the Wednesdays. And then Friday nights is going to be Friday night Packers shows. So we're really looking forward to that. We're going to try and set up a, uh, a Sunday morning live show, but that's got to come together really quickly. So yeah, um, we'll see if that happens. But um, today we have brewers and badgers to talk about. I know there's a lot of negative energy around the brewers right now. I know there's a lot of it. And when Jake and I talk about this, we're going to talk about the games Um we're going to talk about the games quickly and then, and then we want to talk about the fan base and, Mm -hmm. and what's potentially coming in the off season. We're not going to do off season analysis right now because we're not sticking a fork in the Brewers until they're mathematically eliminated. So, you know, it's baseball, anything that can happen will happen eventually. So why not now? Or has happened. happened. Exactly. Um, So, you know, until they're mathematically eliminated, we're not going to say that they're done or whatever. Uh, But, we want to talk about like I said like the fan base a little bit when we get to it and and some of the stuff floating around about the team so let's start with the the Diamondbacks series and we'll we'll just like I said we'll just kind of run through the games and then let's have some conversation.
1: all right so <clears throat> first one Corbin Bur- Or sorry 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 Woody <laughs> was on the mound um five and two thirds eight hits five earned runs two walks and four Ks. Uh, Suter pitched a third of an inning, nothing across the board, so that's good. Uh, Perdomo, two innings pitched, two hits, no earned runs, no walks, no Ks, but he didn't allow earned run. The Brewers also didn't score a run. Uh, they lost this 1-5-0, only three left on base and 0 for one with runners in scoring position.
0: Yeah, this is pretty much Brandon Woodruff's, like, first off game of the entire season. Yeah. Um, and Perdomo pitching two scoreless innings is something to keep in mind when we talk about tomorrow or yesterday's game. Um, The Brewers only had four hits. They didn't draw any walks, which I thought was worth mentioning. Um, 11 strikeouts as a team. It's not good, but we've seen worse. Obviously, i would like to see that number lower. Yeah. Um, Arizona scored all of their runs with two outs. Mm. Uh, And then this was also the game where Christian Yelich hurt his neck Thankfully, we know that he was able to come back. Um, And I I said this last week, don't look past the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. They're actually decent teams just in a very, very tough division. Um, The Diamondbacks have actually caught up to the Giants in the standings. Um, It's, uh, you know, Diamondbacks are a good team. Don't let their past fool you just because they haven't been relevant in, I don't know, 20 years or so. That is Um, what Matt said is actually pretty spot on. I I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to finish. I just want to say a couple of things. things. Um, Christian Walker is really good. Um, and apparently Arizona can just turn out really good first baseman. So if they want to send us Christian Walker for like nothing, like they sent Paul Goldschmidt to the Cardinals, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So we can we can put Matt's comment on here. He said he's a little late, but he's going to say it. He hates the 2020 brewer, 2022 Brewers because they remind him of the 2018 Packers. So – 2018 Packers was the first year with Matt LaFleur and it felt like they had, or no last year with McCarthy because they hired him in 18. So, and we, and we, and we fired McCarthy. Yeah. Halfway through and then Joe Philbin. So this is something maybe Jake and I can take a little bit of a look at. Maybe we can bring this up next Wednesday and see if there's, you know, a little more comparisons to it than can be made. But like I said, we know it's frustrating what we're dealing with with the brewers right now. And after we talk about the games, I want to talk about a couple of things. So let's go to game two. Um, Bruce had thirteen base runners, left eleven of them on. Yeah, they um, did. Only three runners in scoring position, and they grounded into three double plays. It um, just need better offensive execution when it comes to guys on base. It's just you know it's. And Matt, I agree with you. I don't think Council will or should be fired. That's one of the things we want to talk about after we talk about the games. Um, <clears throat> Brewers did have first and third with one out in the top of the second inning. Kessinger here got picked off. I'm not actually, when it comes to making outs on the bases. I'm actually not that critical about that stuff because it means you're being aggressive. And that's what like Jake and I say a lot of times where we don't fault effort. Like I don't fault the Brewers for being aggressive on the bases because they've struggled to get Hits stacked on top of each other. So I'm actually not mad at that when brewers make outs on the bases, because it means they're being aggressive, which is something that I called for coming out of the all-star break as a way to potentially improve the offense was to be more aggressive on the bases. So I'm, I'm fine with it. Like it sucks that that Hero got picked off and they left a bunch of guys on base. But like I said, I'm fine with, with the aggression part of it. Um, Andrew McCutcheon drew a bases loaded walk with two outs to get the, the one run in. And he made a nice catch at the fence. Um, 12 strikeouts by the Brewers in this game. So kind of a theme when it comes to strikeouts, when it comes to wins and losses, um, Eric lower had a solid outing six and two thirds, six hits, no walks, which is important. Um, gave up two earned runs. Um, Hobie Milner stranded to two runners and an inning and a third scoreless. Um, mm-hmm. what did you see from that second game?
1: It's a lot of missed opportunities, which is, uh, probably the theme of the Brewers' season. It's the, it's the special team's Achilles heel. Yeah. That's really what it is, man. A lot of missed opportunities. Um, You know, I don't think the worst part about the Brewers is they're hitting, actually. You know, even though they've had games where they leave 11 on base, I actually think the bullpen's been letting them down for a lot of the season. I'm going to get even a little, little bit more guy. specific about
0: the bullpen. Because I want to get really specific about it. When it's the 6th, 7th, 8th inning guys, when <clears throat> when Boxberger, Milner, um, Rodgers, when those guys aren't available, that's when the bullpen struggles, in my yeah. opinion.
1: Yeah, and that's really the Achilles heel of this team. I mean, they're going to have to figure something out, but, I mean, what what well, you you know, you, you know what's
0: missing there? What's that? Trevor Gott and Jake Cousins. Yeah. Trevor Gott should be back soon. Um, Justin Topa is actually in Colorado today so he might be added for tomorrow's doubleheader because I think they get to add a guy to the roster uh, Matt I'm fine with banning special teams although I am encouraged by what I saw from O'Donnell in the last preseason game but um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about game two? No Alright go to game three the one win from the Brewers that series Yep and on my birthday so yeah, good attaboy. job two boys. wins on your birthday lucky you Let's
1: go. Good job boys Um, yeah, Brewers won this one, eight to six. Uh, Corbin Burns is on the mound, five and two thirds, seven hits, five earned runs, three walks and five Ks. He hasn't been himself the last couple starts, but you know, he, he gets a pass. You know, he, he's good enough. He gets a couple passes. So he'll get back to it. Excuse me real quick. Uh, Boxberger, third of an inning, two hits, one earned run, one K, uh, Skryzlitzki. Oh my God. Schrelecki. Suter, you can do Schrelecki. it. I believe Schrelecki. in you. <laughs> yeah. Suter, Williams, Rogers. Um, they all pitched an inning. Uh Schrelecki gave up a hit. None of them gave up an earned run. One walk by Suter. They all had a K, uh, except Rogers, who had two K's. Um, Taylor with two home runs in this one, uh, had one late uh that won the game. So he's up to 15 for the year. Uh Tellez, 28th. Uh, Taylor with three RBIs, Telez RBI, Carantini with two of them, and McCutcheon also with an RBI. So, Corey, the Bojo bomb, looked good last year in camp. Yeah, he looked good at times during the regular season too. He was inconsistent. Yeah, He'd have one that would go 70 yards, and the next one was going 32 yards. Mm-hmm. Pat O'Donnell has pitched in bad weather before, playing in Chicago for a long yeah, time. In Chicago, yep. He understands bad weather. He understands ball placement.
0: Yep. We are in much yeah. better hands. Yeah, Jorgez came from L.A., so. Yeah. All right, so Asteri Ruiz made his debut in this game. He was hitless, but he did score twice, so I mm-hmm. wanted to bring that up. Um, Jake mentioned the three walks by Corbin Burns. None of those walks scored, actually, which is worth mentioning, I think. Surprising. Um, uh, yeah, Matt just brought it up, too, that he's got ex- experience with the Bears. Um, I want to bring up the hit, the home run that Corbin Burns gave up to, to Varsho, show is actually from Wisconsin. So if that softens the blow for you, I don't know if it does or doesn't, but he's from (laughs) Wisconsin. So there's that. Um, Cool. This was Tyrone Taylor's first multi-hit game since August 3rd. Yeah, that's gross. He went literally a calendar month without two hits in the same game. Um when it comes to all the Brewers' outfield prospects, I think Tyrone Taylor is going to be kind of on the outside looking in as far as 2023 is concerned. But we will cross that bridge in the offseason. Uh, I want to bring up also Rowdy as you mentioned. Um, four of his last six home runs have happened in the ninth inning, and three of them were game-tying home runs. Were we on Xbox talking during this? Maybe. it totally I possible. said this
1: to you. I said this to you. I was like, dude, he always homers in the ninth.
0: And then you said that to I me. Think, I think, yeah. Like, I think I had the game like on my tablet while we were playing and I was watching the game while we were talking. And yeah, I think that's what it was. Cause then like the graphic came up on the screen and I was like, yeah, four of his last six. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. He always homers in the ninth. I feel like (laughs) four, well, four of his last six. So let's, so this is the game. The Brewers won in the series. First game, 12 strikeouts as a team. They lost second game. Um, First game was eleven strikeouts. Second game was twelve strikeouts. This game, the game that they won, was only seven. So, it's a you little know, better. It's it's seven strikeouts a game would be like best in the league. Most of the league is between seven and eight. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's obviously really easy to say that strike out less and you'll win more. Like, but you know, the correlation is a bit stronger. Um, let's go to let's go to game four, the Zach Gallen game. Uh,
1: Jason Alexander started this one, four and two thirds. He had five hits, three earned runs, four walks, and three Ks. Uh, Hobie Milner, who was good again this week, one and a third, one hit, three Ks. He was absolutely dominant in this game. Uh, Bush one inning, Suter one inning. Bush nothing across the board, two Ks, and Suter gave up two earned runs and a walk, and zero Ks. So, Suter wasn't on his A game. Uh, Renfro with the solo shot with two outs in the ninth uh, to make sure the Brewers didn't get shut out <laughs> twice in one series. So,
0: mm-hmm. take that for what you will. So, you mentioned Renfro with the solo shot. Um, that extended his hit streak to 11. So, Renfro had an 11-game hitting streak going. Um Brewers only had three hits and four total base runners in this game, so it comes down to some more offense. Um, Suter finally got cracked. He had ten straight scoreless appearances before that. Uh, yep. He only gave up two earned runs in all of August, so you know Suter's been pretty good. Jason Alexander, the start that he had wasn't awful. Like obviously giving up three earned runs is a bummer, uh, mm-hmm. but going up against Zach Gallen, who's potentially a Cy Young candidate. That's tough. Um, yeah. Four walks that he gave up, two of them did score. So I mentioned Corbin Burns before. None of the walks that he gave up scored. Two of the ones that Jason Alexander gave up did come around to score. Um, and Marshall, again, the Wisconsin kid, hit another home run. Um, and that's that's pretty much the story of that game. It was pretty much the Zach Gallen game. So frustrating series in Arizona. And now we're dealing with uh, another frustrating series in Colorado. But let's talk about – let's talk about the first game because this game was actually at least good to to discuss. This was actually um, one of the things that I want to talk about when we're done talking about the games. But go ahead and talk about game one. Okay. Um,
1: How's your five innings pitch? Two hits, one run, two walks, two Ks. He played really, really good in this one. Uh, Bush, one inning, one hit, one K. No earned runs, no walks, so that's good. Uh, oh, that's Boxberger, excuse me. Boxberger gave up had, gave up <laughs> one hit in one K. Bush gave up no hits in one K. Uh, Rodgers, two-thirds of an inning, two hits, one run, one walk, one K. And then Williams came in and just shut the door. He only, he had one walk, but also the one K but no hits, no run runs. What's up, Taylor? How you doing, buddy? Um, RBIs in this game. Uh, McCutcheon got his 59th. Peterson had two to get to 32 on the season. Carantini had three, a three-run homer. Um, to get to 29 RBIs and his ninth homer of the year. Uh, Peterson and Telez also had doubles, Um, 13 doubles in the year for Peterson and 22 in the year for Roddy Teles. So it was a pretty good game offensively for the Brewers, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and I want to bring up, I want to give Adrian Hauser like a world of credit for this game. The first six batters of the game reached against him. And then he retired 15 straight. Yeah, that's exactly that's, what the doctor ordered. I'm going to talk about Hauser again later. It's so a spoiler alert. But um, like you mentioned, Roddy Tellez, Andrew McCutcheon, Victor Caratini, had two hits as a, two hits each. Yelich came back for this game. Uh, the Brewers did strike out 11 times as a team, but obviously put up a ton of hits. It was Victor Caratini's first home run since August 4th. So he went basically a calendar month without hitting a home run. Uh, you mentioned Boxberger and Bush. Um, Rogers, the home run that he gave up to C.J. Krohn. First of all, C.J. Krohn is a massive power hitter. So that uh, – the pitch that he hit was down and in. So that was a really tough pitch to hit out. What's up, Edward? Uh, really tough pitch to hit out, and you're playing in Colorado. So,
1: mm-hmm. like,
0: you know, Taylor Rogers threw some really good sliders, had a couple questionable calls on the walk that he gave up, and he gave up just the one earned run. Um And then he had the walk, the single, and the hit-by-pitch. So, like, you know, it is what it is. And then we got to talk about Devin Williams with this game. So, Devin Williams comes in for the first time going multiple innings since September 25th, 2020. Yeah. Um, So, he got a first four-out save of his career. um, And it was actually Craig Council's 600th managerial win. So, um, Mm. you know, some good vibes coming from that game. And then, obviously... We switch back to VAD vibes. And going into game two, the game started off really great. Obviously, the first eight innings were, were really good for the Brewers. Christian Yelich hit the longest home run of Major League Baseball season this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second longest at Coors in the SatCast era to only – you, do you know who hit the other one, the longest at Coors Field? Oh, this is good. This is good because it, it, say... it comes full circle. Oh, it comes full circle. It comes full circle. Is it Ryan Braun? No. Nope. Prince Fielder? No. Nope. I don't know that. It's John Carlos Stanton. But you I know knew who it. Was, but you know who was batting ahead of John Carlos Stanton that it day? It was
1: Yelich. It was Christian Yelich. I was gonna say him too, but I was like, <laughs> that's too bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Yelich was uh was in the dugout when John Carlos Stanton hit the longest home run at Coors Field since the Statcast era, um, mm-hmm. five feet shorter. Yelich as was. Yelich had a four hundred and ninety-nine foot home run. That's just insane. That's a monster. Only in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brandon Woodruff looked great outside of the home run that he gave up, which is a tough pitch to um basically you put a ball up in the air in Colorado and it's got about a I don't know, it feels like a pretty good chance of going out of the ballpark. Yeah. Um now I know there's a shit ton of frustration yeah imagine what the marlins could have been um but the marlins currently have sandy alcantara who they got from the cardinals in the marcelo zuna trade so i'll be happy that the cardinals don't have sandy alcantara because then they'd be freaking 100 win team again too um so brewers got lucky that the cardinals got screwed in a trade for once seeing as they just give a box of peanuts and they get nolan arenado and paul goldschmidt (laughs) probably gonna finish two of the top three in mvp voting in the nl this year but probably. Um, So, I know there's a lot of people super pissed about Brandon Woodruff being pulled after seven innings in this game. Now, first of all, we all have the benefit of hindsight knowing the Brewers gave up this lead. Second of all, it happened with Devin Williams. If you listen to his post-game conference after um, the multi-inning save game, and then you listen to Brandon Woodruff talk after this game, that the ball spins differently in the high altitude. So, Williams talked about it with his change up that he didn't have as great of control with his change up, but he had really good control of his fastball. Brandon Woodruff was the same thing. He had really good control of his fastball, but his curveball was all over the place because the ball spins differently on that high altitude. The way that Brandon Woodruff was talking after the game, it sounded like he was good for maybe one more batter in the seventh inning or the eighth inning after pitching seven innings. So he was, he felt he was pretty much done. He was, he felt like he was losing his grip, losing his stuff. So I really, you know, blaming Craig Council for the team blowing the lead, knowing after the fact that the, the lead would be blown, it's, it's really just unfair. And I'm not, I'm not just out here just to de- blindly defend Craig Council, but if there is a situation where you can put a reliever in here, it's, it's got to be with a five-run lead. Like you have to be able to trust a five-run lead. You shouldn't have to put in, you know, Matt Bush and Devin Williams in a five run lead. Obviously people with, with the benefit of hindsight say, you know, the Brewers blew the lead. But what I want to bring up is the fact that the Brewers play an afternoon game today and a double header tomorrow. So you put out Devin Williams who had pitched on the day before Matt Bush who had pitched the day before, um, or Brad Boxberger, who had pitched the day before, you're basically saying that they're not going to be available for Wednesday or potentially Thursday, whether it be the first game or the second game. That's all stuff that Craig Council has to be thinking about while, you know, as fans, we're just thinking about the game that's in front of us. True. Not sure how you feel about that.
1: Um, I'm going to use this opportunity to answer uh, Brad's question. Uh, Brad, I'm not coming at you, but uh, do you think that ownership expects uh, Perdomo to go up there? And give up four hits and four earned runs and not recording out. I don't they don't have any control over that.
0: He had two scoreless appearances before that. And a like a 146 ERA in the season to this point.
1: It just happens. It's one of those things that just happens. It's shitty the time and place that it happened and the reason, you know. I understand. I mean, last night I was a little upset too. We're in a lot of high pressure games because we're trying to force our way into the playoffs when we're on mm-hmm. the outside looking in. So I understand, right. you know, the criticism and stuff, but You got to take a step back and think about it. They can't control some of the shit
0: that happens, you know, so. It's it's baseball and it's fucking Colorado. Yeah, man. (laughs) They talk about it like the the, the players themselves, they talk about it. They're like, you have to view like a four or five, six run lead as like a one or two run lead when you're in Colorado. Because the game can change that quickly. Yeah, Brewers still
1: got some outs, man. Who knows? They could come back. Hunter Renfro gave it a grand slam or something. I don't know. Something can happen. We don't know what's going to happen.
0: Exactly. Anymore. And that's, that's the thing. So I saw a lot of comments after the game, which is this is going to bring me to one of the things that I want to address. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, again, we have the benefit of hindsight. You have the benefit of hindsight, knowing that the Brewers run that lead. You have that hindsight. Craig Council doesn't have that benefit of hindsight. Um, And again, that's, Where you're you're thinking about it, like you you have to think about it. You can't just think about only the ones in front of you, though. Especially coming into three games in the next two days, including an afternoon, and the travel back to Milwaukee. There's a lot of factors that are in there. So I mean, you you got to be able to trust your guys. Like I said, Perdomo had two scoreless appearances before this, um, and you got to be able to trust a five-run lead. That's that's baseball, and it happens. Which brings me to the point that I saw being brought up on social media because people love to run and complain immediately is if the Brewers miss the playoffs by one game, they're going to look back at this game and be the one that kept them out. How many games have the Brewers won this year that they should have lost? That's several is the easy answer. The Brewers have won games that they should have lost. They've lost games they should have won. It's really easy to pick and choose the ones that are fresh in the memory and use that recency bias and say, Hey, well, this is going to be the reason we don't make the playoffs. True that. All right. So is there anything you wanted to say about the second game about last night's game? Um,
1: it's nice to see Yeliot and homers again. I'll say that uh, Renfro. I hope that guy sticks around for a long time. I know we have a lot of outfield talent, but I really like Renfro. Hope he sticks around. Um. Other than that, no. I was it was refreshing to see Woody come out. You know, after that that win that we got six to four, and then you look at the stats, you're seeing Woody dominating, and the Brewers are up by five five runs or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, I'm gonna get back on track, get two wins in a row, come back, see if we can get two. Maybe we'll take one or two from the Giants. You know, split the doubleheader, and then we'll come back home, and you know we have the Cardinals coming up on the schedule pretty soon here, and. It's like, all right, I guess I can see where this is going. But, you know, last night's loss was really uh, – it was a gut punch, I won't lie. Definitely a gut punch.
0: Especially uh, Tim, since it was, I, th- I think Renfro was a one-year deal.
1: I thought he, he was here next year.
0: He might be. I'm going to look. I'm going to pull up his contract right now. I don't know oh. if there's anything you want to say about today's game that's going on right now. Obviously, it sucks. Um, I was just checking
1: in on it. They scored another run. It's eight to one now. Crone um, grounded out to second, and Daza scored, so they're up eight to one. Yelich is up to bat.
0: Yelich uh, got a hit and an RBI. Nice. There we
1: go. It's eight um, to two. He's yeah, Matt double. was right. He
0: has a year of control yet. He's got a an arbitration year next year.
1: Oh, okay. He has a year of control left. Okay. Well, we have Yelich uh, on second. Willie Adams is up. We have one out. So uh, who knows, man? Willie gets on. It's all downhill from there, then. I Taylor, I will.
0: I will bet you a pie bet that it's more likely that Hunter Renfro gets traded than a, an extension.
1: Yeah, because we have a crazy amount of talent,
0: dude. It's insane, and like you could honestly, in my opinion, you could trade Hunter Renfro for probably a lot, um, and Tyrone Taylor in my opinion. Um, Jonathan Davis, you can just leave in AAA, but um, Tyrone Taylor, if you can get anything for him, go for it. But I th- I'm i going to say right, and that's where like like Hunter Renfro's being traded is going to go into the Corbin Burns Brandon Woodruff extension fund. Um, Ruiz, Mitchell, Frelick, and Weimer, I'm going to say pick three of four are going to start next year on the major league roster what about yelly well he's locked in but the also a free agent yeah. i don't think jonathan davis is going to be back the Brewers started this year with lorenzo kane on the roster who is obviously gone and if they trade either or or both of um uh, taylor or renfro um I mean, I'd be more willing to bet that Churio's on the roster in 24 than Hunter Renfro, especially considering he'll be a free agent that year. So I would agree with you on that, Matt. Um, today's Cheerios. outing, the Brewers were down 4 nothing after Eric Lauer gave up a home run, and then he got hurt on that. Um, I just hope Eric Lauer's not hurt, because if the Brewers are going to try to make this push, if they end up losing today, they'll be 3.5 back with 26 games to go. So... They're not they're not done, but the way that I'm viewing this is that they're going from coming down the stretch run to do or die. That's that's the way that I'm looking at it. So they're going from down the stretch to do or die time. Um, honestly, Taylor, in my mind, you can pen Garrett Mitchell in as a starting center fielder next year. I think you, know, with you that. can pencil it in, or you could you can write it in ink. I think, um. The official word on Eric Lower is left elbow tightness. Obviously, he's a left-handed pitcher, so that's concerning. Not that Hopefully, it's not anything long-term. Yeah. Um, it sucks. I just really hope that he's not hurt, um, especially a situation where it would potentially cause time next year uh, would be even a bigger potential blow. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Is there anything that you wanted to throw out about today's game? Obviously, it's not going to be a, you know, a super fun one to talk about either. But no, uh, really just grounded out to the pitcher, so two
1: outs now. Hunter's up. Yelich is on third. Um, no, it's just one of those games. Got to throw it away. We talk about it all yeah. the time. They're going to be three and a half back, at, as it looks right now. So mm-hmm. it's time to go. It's go time. It's time to put your head
0: down, and get to work. You exactly. a... Especially this time of the season, like there's no, there's no other time to, to sit and be like, yeah, that loss sucks. Like, yeah, we got another fifty games to go or whatever. Like, Ugh. it's as soon as the team loses, got to be out of the mind right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sal Frelick, I think, I feel like they've been moving him around. Like, I think he's been playing a lot of center field. I think is his primary. Mm. I'm going to pull it up. Well, my boy Weimer is the right fielder. I know that. Right. Dude, Joey Weimer is a younger version of Hunter Renfro. I'm game. I'm game for that, dude. solidifies my point. Dude, he's, like, exactly the same. They're both power hitters. They both get outfield assists. Like, dude, they're totally. They both got hair flow. True, true. They're like, he's locked in. So, like uh just says outfielder so i feel like i feel like he could pretty much play wherever you needed him to play um basically yelich is going to be locked in in left field slash dh um just because he's he doesn't have the arm to play right field especially if you have guys that do have the arm to play right field um says okay yeah Primarily right field in his first two years, but handled center field in 2021. Showed strong instincts that showed throughout the season, becoming the ACC defensive player of the year. So that was actually interesting. So basically everywhere for Sal Frelick. Um, Garrett Mitchell's obviously a center fielder. Joey Weimer is a right fielder. Asteri uh, Ruiz, I think, is a center fielder, but he's got super utility potential. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they want to use him on the infield, especially with Colton Long being a free agent. I think Bryce Terang is going to start next year on the major league roster and potentially be a, be a super utility guy. So, um, I think that's that's worth there. Um,
1: we're going to be emptying so, out the uh the young guys next year onto the major league I, roster. Yeah,
0: I really think so. And this is where so this is what I want to talk about. So, let's Let's get out of the game-to-game and let's just let's just talk about the Brewers. So, David Stearns, when he made the Josh Hader trade, put out a quote saying that we want as many bites at the apple. Uh, mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody on Facebook I think it was Monday and I really like the way that he phrased it. He said the Brewers are in a really unique situation. And I really couldn't agree more because the Brewers are in a, a situation that they've never been in in their franchise history. We dealt with Coming into four years of consecutive postseason berths, which mm-hmm. is obviously raised the expectations that after you've been in the postseason for that long, the next step is to win a World Series or even to get yep. to a World Series. Yep. And that has, hasn't happened. And now the Brewers potentially missing the playoffs. Yep. Even if that happens, Matt said before, I agree that Craig Council is not getting fired. He is the winningest manager in Brewers history. He is one of 12 active managers with 600-plus wins, and he's done it all with one team. Now, I'm not saying that Craig Council is without fault because every manager makes bad decisions. You should see some of the shit that Tony LaRusso pulled earlier this year that was just dumbfounded. Okay. So. That guy's won the World Series. Exactly. Um, so, talking about the bites at the Apple thing. So, between Taylor, Davis, McCutcheon, probably Renfro, all potentially out of the outfield next year. Yelich um, is obviously sticking around, and then you're looking at Mitchell, Ruiz, Frelick, and Weimer, and mm-hmm. potentially a free agent. Um Matt said Ruiz and Mitchell can platoon center field next year. I'm totally down for that. What those two bring that the Brewers don't have now with Renfro, McCutcheon, Taylor, speed. And it shows because Garrett Mitchell helped manufacture some runs for the Brewers last night by stealing second base, and then Willie Adamas hit a double into the gap that scored him. Um, he's not scoring from first on that double because that double got kind of cut off in the gap, but um, and the White Sox, yes, this is, that's a situation where they're doing less with more. Their payroll is higher, much higher. I think they're in the top 10 in payroll, actually, and the Brewers are around 19. Um, And yes, the White Sox did have higher expectations. They pretty much should have ran away with the AL Central on paper. Yeah, But we've this is really the first September since 2017 that the Brewers haven't had a good September under Craig Council. We call it Craig Timber for fuck's sake. Yeah. And you know, when it comes to this season, obviously the offense has left a lot to be desired. Craig Council deserves the benefit of the doubt for one season. In my opinion, I'm sure there's people who would disagree and say he pulls his starters too early and, you know, he pulled Freddie Peralta with a no hitter, and then he pulled him too early his next start. And then what do you know? Well, Freddie Peralta misses his next start. Guy just came back from an injury. You got to be careful, otherwise you risk injuring them further, or um, or
1: more seriously,
0: or exactly. And he kind of did that with Hauser a little bit. Twenty twenty doesn't count. Matt, get out of here. Twenty twenty doesn't count. Yeah, we don't count. Um, it's such a dumb season. I'm still annoyed at Manfred for that. Um. So with, with this, we're looking at – we'll have some serious discussions and evaluations with, with Craig Council and David Stearns this winter. We're not going to do it now because, like I said, until the Brewers are mathematically eliminated. Baseball is baseball, and weird shit happens in baseball all the time. Um, so the other thing that I want to address is with Jake and I being the way that we are and running the show the way that we do – where we talk about it all the time, where our goal with our show is to promote positivity and optimism. Mm -hmm. We know what's going to happen when stuff like last night and today happens. As soon as I open Facebook, I'm going to see fire council. This team sucks. This team's not going anywhere. It seems like, and I know this isn't everybody and I'm not generalizing people because I hate when people generalize me. It seems like when bad things happen, it's a fucking race to social media to see who can be the first one to complain, and we gotta cut that shit out. Look at people in day to day life, dude. Dude, everybody so, just complains I'm, all day, like all day. I, like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna swear, but like, I am so fucking tired of it that it's the. First thing that everybody does. It happened in Adrian Hauser's start the other day that the first six batters reached and everybody's like oh Adrian Hauser's back to himself and it's like he was like a good fucking pitcher last year. Last year in early September he threw a complete game shutout against the Cardinals. But he has a rough first inning people are like oh Adrian Hauser's back to being himself. Typical counsel for bringing Hauser in to start on Freddie Peralta's day and then he retires 15 straight batters and the Brewers of, and the Brewers win the game. So, listen. We'll knock it off, me, Matt. <laughs> we know the Brewers are struggling. Like, everybody can see it that the Brewers gave up a big lead. But, but being the person to run to social media, to be the first one to complain, that benefits nobody. And not only does it not benefit anybody, all it does is it hurts people. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that people have their lives so attached to the teams that it's going to, like, actually hurt somebody but that mindset that people get put in by seeing all that negativity that just drives in more negativity that's you, what jake and i really want to change
1: are you ready for this i know yeah. why i know why it's a psychological thing because when you're the first one to complain about something and a long line of a bunch of shitheads that are going to complain with you you uh-huh. get all those comments and it makes you feel better about
0: it that uh-huh. you're not the only one thinking this And listen, like, that's what it is. And we know it's frustrating. We know it's frustrating. And that's something that Jake and I got to kind of come to terms and deal with is how to, how to manage a mentality when our teams aren't playing up to their expectations that were set preseason during the season. And as the expectations adjust, that's something that we have to adjust to. We haven't really had any of our teams in the two years that we've been doing this show have to go through a big rebuild. Uh, I think the Brewers are going to kind of go into like a soft rebuild and and try to stay competitive and then do the, as many bites at the apple thing, like David Stern said, we've had this where the Brewers have made the postseason four consecutive times. You know how many other times it's happened in franchise history? Zero before 2018. It was seven years since the Brewers were in the playoffs in 2011. Before that, it was three years in 2008 before that it was before we were born (laughs) that the Brewers were in the playoffs. The Brewer fans were happy to make the playoffs in 2008, happy to make the playoffs in 2011, and then we went seven years with no playoffs. And I know that it's not a situation where you only want to be happy with making the playoffs. But the Brewers have had a pretty competitive team over the last five years.
1: There is something to say for that, man. And it goes along with our statement of enjoying the ride during the exactly. season. That's that's the point you were trying to make? Yes. that's And you still enjoy the ride. It's yes. not over. We still got plenty of ride left. Uh, 26 games. It's a lot of innings when you multiply it by nine. And the Brewers apparently like to play extra innings like every three days. So you get an extra inning every three days. It's a lot more innings. Um, That is a lot of innings. To think about it, really, when you take all the Wisconsin teams, the one consistent team, and I might get killed for this, the best team in this state right now is probably the Bucks. I agree. In the league. In their league. I agree. Then it would be the Packers. Yep. (sighs) This is where... Then I'd probably pick Badgers football. I think Badgers football is probably better than the Brewers. And the Brewers and Badgers basketball are probably pretty close. Where, like, I didn't expect the Brewers to fucking go to the World Series and win the goddamn thing. I'm going to be honest with you. But I expect them to be in the playoffs and fight for it. I mean, they're in a position that I thought they would be close to anyways. The Badgers basketball, they're probably going to be somewhere from a three seed to a six seed. They're going to win a lot of games. They're going to win games they shouldn't, just like you said before. They're going to lose games that they shouldn't, like you said before. And that's just how Badgers basketball has been for as long as I can remember. Badgers football, we're going to to be be, –
0: They're going to be ranked in the teens. I guarantee it, the entire season. Guaranteed. If
1: if Graham Mertz, who I thought looked fucking phenomenal, and we're going to get into that, he made some throws, dude. I'm serious. He made some throws where I'm just like, well,
0: hold on. hold on, Graham Mertz. are you grown up now? <laughs> you' have a grown-up <laughs> arm now? <laughs> now that I've now that I've got my rant out there that like I said, being the being the person to run to social media to complain first, all it does is it just adds negativity. We know there's gonna be negative people out there that's something that Jake and I hope to to be able to change is like I said when you when you put that negativity out, all that's doing is adding, more negativity that somebody else can see. And I'm not saying you need to suffer in silence because, you know, that's part of what sports is is all about and and being fans of the same teams, that it can be a unifying thing, which is one of the beautiful things about sports, in my opinion. It's one of those things that transcends beyond playing a game. And we're actually talking about bringing people together. And that's what Jake and I want to do. But we want to do it in a positive way, not in rallying around, you know, the hindsight of the Brewers blowing a game and then blaming the manager.
1: Okay, well, now i got to answer some people. First of all, Matt, is Aaron Rodgers the best player in the NFL? Yes, maybe. He's definitely top three. Who's the best player in basketball? It's Giannis. Now, compare their ages. Rodgers is what, 37? Giannis is 27. That means we have 10 years of goddamn dominance. Okay, that's what I think. Dad, I love you. But that title game was seven years ago. It's a long time ago. I was 23 then. I'm not 23 anymore. I'm 30 now.
0: Okay. Lily wasn't born when I was watching that Sam title Decker
1: has played. <laughs> Sam Decker has played in like five different leagues since that title game. Yeah. I mean, not really. I mean, he played in the NBA, the GD League, because it was the D, D League or G League when he was in there. And then he played for like Russia, and then now he plays for somebody else. <sighs> Didn't he, he play in Italy the last NBA. year?
0: He played for Toronto last year, I thought. He, I think he was in Washington for a little bit of last year too.
1: Yeah, well he was I mean he's been bouncing all over the place.
0: Right. Um and a title or
1: two more. I'm not saying that the thing about college basketball that's difficult is like a team from nowhere can just win like four games and all of a sudden like that's a great season.
0: It's it's harder for college basketball, college football, and NFL because there's only a one game <laughs> series. That's a good point. Um, he caught me all one say game that. series. Um, I did
1: say that, so he caught me.
0: <laughs> but that's all one game series, you know. The, you know, yeah. one bad game and you're out. You know, one bad game in a basketball series like the Bucks had against the Bulls, and they still win in five. Um, it's to me, I'm going to go with the Bucks just because they have the most recent championship, and I do think it's. I mean, there's more players in the NFL because there's 53 on a roster, and there's only 18 on a roster in the NBA. Way more variables so in the NFL. Yeah it's, yeah, it's harder to put a guy unanimously at the best player in the league where I think you can pretty unanimously put Giannis at the best player in the NBA. <laughs> the only thing I'm saying about Rodgers, you win two MVPs in a row. I mean, I mean you would think that MVP guy's in the in
1: best unless unless the players are voting and they all want to kiss Tom Brady
0: because they're jealous of his son or something. That's, yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> you hear all the stuff going on with him? No, I've, okay. I've the, the Bane rumor that I've heard is that he was on the Mass Singer in somewhere.
1: I heard uh I don't know if this is true, this is a total rumor, but I heard that the reason he was gone for that whole time of the preseason because his wife is pissed that he he went back to the NFL. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I was like, Yeah, she's mad because he's still kissing. you imagine being like a
0: forty-five year old like hundred millionaire and still <laughs> having to be like, you know, your wife's pissed at you because you're going to do it?
1: Again. <laughs> oh dude. I want to say some appropriate inappropriate stuff, but I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to.
0: But I just channeling my dad right now. <laughs> um didn't say more right consistent now. as of late.
1: And more consistent team has been the Bucs, if you if you think of it that way. The Bucks have made the playoffs how many years in a row now? I think the Bucks have made the playoffs the more years than the
0: Packers, haven't they? The Bucs have been in the playoffs every year since like 2016.
1: Yeah, and the Packers missed in 18 and 19, or no, right.
0: 17, 18. 17, 18.
1: No. 17, 18. Yeah,
0: because they went 13, 13, 13 wins. So,
1: yeah, so the last three years. Yeah, but then you think about playoff success how many playoff wins have we won in the last three years? Right. And you think of the Bucks, and mm-hmm. you could you could take games, obviously, but take series. Series, yeah, Bucks have won more series. Right. And that's not just against the cupcake teams, that's up against. The higher competition. Well, yeah, they
0: were in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2019, just like the Packers were in the NFC Championship games. Yeah. Like we were just talking about recently, as yeah. far as who's who's king of Wisconsin sports right now. Um I would like say the I Bucks said are the Kings. Yeah. I mean, I know the Packers get the views and all that stuff, and like,
1: right. Trust me, I love the Packers more than I love the Bucks, and it's not to say that I don't love the Bucks because I love the Bucks. But yes, the Packers are the kings with the ratings, but. If we're talking the, the better team right now in their league, like you judge them based on their league,
0: it, okay. I would say
1: the Bucks are are higher up on the echelon for the NBA than the Packers are. Packers were ranked like sixth. Bucks are like third in, in the let, NBA.
0: Let me put this scenario to you. I hand you a hundred dollar bill, and you say, and I say that you have to put hundred dollars on a team to win their their championship. Do you put it oh. on the Bucks or the Packers? Oh, Bucks easily. I'm betting on you, honest.
1: That might be true with Brady. Maybe he told her and the kids he was done. And also you two laugh. Be away as much as professional sports and see how easy it is. Listen, man. If I'm going to be making all that goddamn money and I'm putting my body on the line for 20-some years, I don't care what my wife says.
0: And I hope she's upstairs watching right now. Because I don't care.
1: If I'm making all that money, you ain't allowed to say nothing to me.
0: The only, like, the weird thing with Brady is, is that his wife makes more money than he does. Dude,
1: he doesn't even wear the whole pants <laughs> in his house, dude. It's crazy.
0: God. <sighs> that guy.
1: You know, I think I hate him because I'm a little bit jealous. Like, he makes all that money. Oh, oh, but yeah. he still, he still, he still doesn't make more than his wife. You know, and, like, that's kind of a dream. Like, think about, I've always, like, been thought weird of those guys that are like, oh, my wife makes more than me. It's weird. Like. Why is that weird, dude? That's fucking awesome. Like, you guys are supposed right? to be a team, you know? Like, oh, yeah. would, dude, if Chantel's out there making freaking 80k, I wouldn't give a shit. That would be dope as hell, you know. I'm not gonna be one of those weirdos that's like, oh, that that hurts my masculinity, you know. He said dude, he I'd be a, I, I'll be a stay-at-home dad. I don't know. Hell yeah, dude. I'll would I'd be a stay-at-home dad too. You got me. See, my dad <laughs> hey, said it, Christy makes
0: more than my dad, but that's that'd be like dude, if you let's say Let's say our wives both get like hundred k a year salary jobs, and me and you can be full time podcasters. Like, fuck yeah! I'll do the I'm dishes. Totally in. I'm wiping ass all day, baby. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Let's go. Oh,
0: that's awesome. <laughs> all right, man. I mean, do you do you want to do a power pair with the Brewers, or do we just kind of want to kind of move on from that?
1: We could just run through it. I picked Peterson and Milner.
0: Let's leave it at that. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't pick a position player. Just. skip. It's, it's a different guy every game. Like Hunter Renfro had an 11-game hitting streak. Willie Adamas had a really good game yesterday. Christian Yelich hit the freaking longest home run of the season yesterday. And then I picked Adrian Hauser for my pitcher um, just because I really wanted to give give him credit for having a really rough first inning in the first game of that Rockies series and then settling down in a major way and retiring 15 straight batters and pitching two innings out of the bullpen last week.
1: You know the most impressive thing is he dealt with those Facebook scouts very well. Yeah, that's what I'm calling them from now. On, Facebook scouts.
0: Facebook scouts. Yeah, scout. I think is a term that's got a respect to it. So I think we got to pick something else.
1: <laughs> see, that's why. That's why. Because like, it. like we
0: say, we say armchair GMs, and just the word armchair like puts a bad taste in your mouth because you know it's people being stupid. Yeah. We'll see. We'll know. come up with something. I'll, I'll let think. <laughs> I don't we'll, want to we'll be like rude for the feelings, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. So, obviously, like I said, if the Brewers lose today, they'll be three and a half back with 26 to go. They're not done until yeah, they're, yeah. um, they're done. But doubleheader tomorrow. It's going to be Burns and Peralta. Friday through Sunday, they're home against the Reds. And then they're off Monday. And then they have Tuesday and Wednesday at St. Louis. And then they're actually off next Thursday. So, they get two off days next week after playing like a shit ton of games this week um so
1: it's they lost eight to four by the way i just checked okay
0: i feel it feels repetitive to say it but it's like you know the brewers can build some momentum here if the brewers can win two tomorrow and potentially two or three against cincinnati this weekend which totally in the cards um you know the brewers can still build some momentum i don't think that there is a lot of confidence in philadelphia or in san diego right now that they're locking in a playoff you Mm -hmm. know a playoff spot I mean, so, they're,
1: th- they're thinking the baseball guys that we keep losing.
0: Right. So, you know, it's it's not like we're even playing for one playoff spot. It's potentially two playoff spots um, True. with San Diego and, and Philadelphia being so close. Obviously, we have to get above them because they hold both of the tiebreakers. But, you know, it's not over till it's over. and And you're not going to catch Jake and I tilting, saying the Brewers are done before they're actually done.
1: No, my daughter's mad. I don't know if anybody else
0: can hear that, but she's pissed upstairs. (laughs) Must have took some away from her. (laughs) All right, so we can we can switch to the not so heavy content, and I won't go on any more rants. Um, Tim, 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 save that shit for Friday. Do I play him, or does he play you, or like what's going on here, man? Who are you talking to, Tim? He's talking to me. I think I, play, I think I play Kim, not Tim. So, maybe he's got to be playing against Go, Tyler. Him. Tim is
1: really excited. Go, Tyler. I'm mad at Kim. Kim, I'm mad at you.
0: <laughs> Took all my players. <laughs> I play Ed Lopez. Oh, you play Ed. Ed was watching earlier. I don't know if he's still watching or not, but Ed was watching earlier. Um, So, like I said, we can switch. Tim, save all that NFL energy for Friday night. This is college today. Friday night is NFL night. It is. Is officially oh
1: opponent. I don't know who to cheer for I like both Tim of them play Simon I like Tim and Simon I don't know who to cheer for
0: I'll cheer for Tim just so I could pick on Simon I'm gonna cheer for a matchup between those two that comes down to like a Monday night catch and garbage time. <laughs> oh that would be hilarious that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. <laughs> oh that would be awesome and it'd be like a 39 yarder because you get bonuses for 40 yard touchdowns so it'd be like a 39 yard touchdown and then somebody loses by like a point I'm petty yes, that way. Cause it, 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 I'm not it. in that matchup. All right. Yeah. Taylor. Um, next year, I think we're going to run two. I think we're going to run two 10 player leagues next year. We had just the one 12 player league this year, but there was a lot of interest. So I think, I think next season we're going to probably try to run two leagues, uh, connected to the show. And hopefully we keep growing to the point that there's 18 other interested people that want to do it. So. All right, you ready to switch to football mode? Like it really feels like now that there's a Packer game on Sunday that it's really getting into football season. Like there's a pack there's a football game tomorrow night, and um cool. exactly. See, Matt's cheering for chaos because he's not in it. Matt, you should be in it next year because you pay attention to the show a lot. Before um, we
1: start this, before I forget, I wanted to I do want to ask you a question. Um okay. so who do you have winning tomorrow night? Bills, Buffalo. Rams, you have Buffalo? Buffalo going on the road, opening night. Rams are all geeked up in front of their fans. I don't give a shit about the Rams. I don't give a shit about the Rams either. And you know what? I keep telling uh, my father-in-law, because he's a big Rams fan. He was really happy. I I poked fun at him a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know what? Bill's by 40. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if if the Bengals would have had one guy be able to block – the Bengals would have would have oh, yeah. won, won the Super Bowl yep. because Ramsey got absolutely torched on that last play. Dude,
0: the fact that people keep putting Jalen Ramsey above Jair Alexander for whatever reason, <sighs> I don't get it because like Jalen Ramsey is a very good cornerback 95% of the time. The other 5% of the time, he gets absolutely cooked. It must be the same
1: people that think Trayvon Diggs is good.
0: Bro, don't even get me fucking started on Trayvon <laughs> <Yeah>. Diggs. <laughs> Don't. Say that shit for Friday. I told you I wasn't going to go on another rant. Don't fucking bring up Trayvon Diggs right now. <laughs> All right. That's it. I'm going to put it in the group. Everyone bring up Trayvon Diggs at least one time during the show. I don't even give a shit. Do it on Friday when we're talking <laughs> about the NFL. We're talking about college right now. And I am still annoyed. Damn it, I said I wasn't going to go on another rant. But I'm annoyed that the Badgers win a game 38-0 to and move down a spot in the rankings. Yeah. What the hell? The
1: Bengals and Rams were just lucky. Bengals and
0: Rams were luckier. That's
1: well. It could, that's have
0: been, it could have easily been Buccaneers, Bills, Packers, Bills, 49ers, Bills. It wasn't gonna be the Cowboys, despite Cowboys <laughs> telling you every August that it's their year. <laughs> you know, I shared that shared that meme today of all the crying fans at the game last
1: year. I was like, it's football season. I was like, hell yeah, it is, baby. <laughs> um I got you, Jake. Thanks, buddy. So here's the thing I'm gonna say to Matt. Uh the Rams were not luckier. The Rams went to Tampa Bay, and they handled the defending Super Bowl champions. The Packers were at home, and I don't mean to say it like this, but they punted their chance to go to the Super Bowl.
0: Come on, man. You had to use that word, really? That's what
1: they did. That's oh, you're it.
0: such a dick. It's exactly <laughs>
1: what they did. They punted their chance to go to the Super Bowl because we all know the circle of dominance the last couple of years. The Rams on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers own the Packers. The Packers own the Rams. That's just how it works, okay? I'm sorry. The Rams I mean, have been
0: really good against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. it's, it's annoying us that the 49ers own the Packers, but it's really funny that the entire NFL owns the Rams or the owns the 49ers after they own the Packers. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. That's hilarious. Like <laughs> uh, oh, we own you. They were lucky because they didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? If we would have if we would have played the Rams, I really feel like we would have went to the Super Bowl.
0: I agree. All right, let's talk about the Badgers. So let's do let's do some recap about the Badgers offense and defense. And then let's do our three stars. So let's start with some recap. Do you want to do offense or defense first? Ah uh,
1: defense, because it was worse actually, in my
0: opinion. It was really weird. So like I feel I feel like a weird seesaw situation here. Where, like I feel like the defense started off on a high note. Then, obviously, mm-hmm. they got backed way up, up until Torchio had the pick six. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of progressively got a little bit worse mm-hmm. as the game went on. And I mm-hmm. feel like the opposite about, like, the offense and the offensive line, where, like, the offensive line looked kind of shaky in the first quarter and then kind of got better as the game went on. But let's let's talk about the defense.
1: Badgers by 42 and then <laughs> moved down three spots. Seven. <laughs> Damn it,
0: Nat. Well,
1: here's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh they call these games tune-up games, okay? So mm-hmm.
0: we got three, that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're playing Illinois State, so it wasn't like I was looking for like a major like a couple haymakers happening, but mm-hmm. um defense. So we gave up 243 total yards, 186 passing yards and 57 rushing yards. Um the like 186 passing level. yards is kind of concerning. They killed us in that like Mid-range. so like, Dude, they yes. look like screens, dude. He he looked good on a couple of mid-range passes, too, like the 10 to 15 area down the sideline. Uh We did force two turnovers, and we did hold them to three for 11 on third down. So that's positive. That's stuff that, that's stuff that you can that's, build that's on. That's good get, stuff. Get them off the field. They were 0 for 0 on fourth down because they didn't go for one. Right. Um, But the 186 passing yards, I'm not super concerned about it. But it's something that we could definitely work on. It's, um, it's
0: something we're going to have to talk about when we get into our preview. But yeah. Continue. And the
1: 57 rush yards, that's just, that's another day at the office for the Badgers defense. Mm-hmm. Under
0: 100 under 100 rushing yards is pretty much what you'd expect at this point. Yeah. Even with a lot of unknowns at linebacker, which yep. um, Jake and I were kind of talking about it as we started the show. We don't have, we're not going to have a lot of what to improve mm-hmm. um, until we get a couple games in, just because there's so much identity questions to answer about the Badgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when probably probably right before the Ohio State game, we'll be able to talk about what to improve and how to improve it. And that's, like I said, we get three, like Jake said, tune-up games, and that's it. Um, that being said, um, Torchio did get a sack on a safety blitz early in this game, which is cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it It did look like the Badgers were susceptible to some screens. Um, and I'm glad that I called this out when we did the Badger primer last Wednesday with Mike, that I called John Torchio a ball hawk. And then yep. he goes gets a 100-yard pick six. as a school record. I'm like, oh, yeah, there we go. Thank you for proving me right, Torchio. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing when we talk about offense, too, just because I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, did you notice that starting the second quarter that the Badgers' second-team defense was in? Oh, no, I didn't notice that, actually. So... The second quarter, like the first, like the first, I don't know if it was the first play because I didn't, it was the first play for sure, but I don't remember how many plays all the guys stayed in. But it's like, was the defense getting chewed out? Like the first team defense getting chewed out? And then obviously we deal with the third quarter, Hunter Waller getting hurt, which sucks. Yeah. Um, that was one of Mikey's guys that he brought up mm-hmm. last week. Um, mm-hmm. He's not listed on the depth chart this week. Um, so I'm probably not going to have Hunter Waller this week. Um, but I will say the Badgers defense did really well at rallying to the ball. So once, you know, um, Illinois state started completing a lot of those screen passes and a lot of those, you know, outside runs, um, that the first guy there wasn't the only one trying to make tackles. It was two, three, four, five guys. there all rallying to the ball. That is encouraging to see that's Badger football.
1: I just want um, to show this picture of, uh, because This picture goes hard, bro. This picture goes hard, man. Love it.
0: That's sick. Look at all the fans, bro. Like, love it. Love when it. I saw
1: that photo. I was like, yeah, I'm saving it. that was That's that was
0: sick. Almost as cool as Johnny Davis waving bye to Michigan State.
1: Yeah, that was that was fucking sick. That was badass. As hell. <laughs> yeah. I need
0: to get that like on the wall somewhere. Yeah, that was badass. <laughs> um, Matt said the Badgers win by 42 and move down three spots. Wasn't shocking. God, like Wisconsin sports as a whole just gets so disrespected. Like as a whole, if we're talking NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football and basketball, like there's you're damn hard pressed to find a, a group as competitive as Wisconsin's been. Just True. throwing that out there. If we had an True. NHI team, I'm sure it'd be competitive too. Just cuz. Um dude, Rasul waving to the crowd in Arizona was badass too. Especially given the like the fact that he was caught from Arizona's yeah. practice squad, the circumstances like, yeah. exactly, and that we were on a short week,
1: no wide receivers, they were undefeated, yeah. blah yeah. blah blah. Like that was sick. I will say my favorite moment from Rasul though is after he had the pick six against the Bears, and like I feel like that was like his moment. Like this is really how I feel. That was his moment where he realized like all his hard work was paying off. And, like, the scream he let out, I know in his soul, that shit felt so fucking good, man. You could tell. <laughs> that is, like, a cool photo to me. Like, Rasul just, ah, like, going crazy. That one that one is a little bit better for me than the Arizona one.
0: Uh, let's flip it over to the offense. So let's talk about the Badgers offense. Okay. Uh, Badgers offense, 440
1: total yards, so 200 more total yards. Uh, 219 passing, so pretty good game. Um in 221 rushing. So that, like I said, about the rushing defense. That's another day at the office. Uh that's, zero that's turnovers. That,
0: line. that zero is
1: zero turnovers. Yeah. Four for nine on third down. Two for two on fourth down. Those are all positives to build off of. This is why yes. I said, man, I was watching Graham
0: Mertz, and I'm like, made a couple big boy throws. And I'm like, okay, Graham. He made some real big boy throws. Like the one that stuck out to me. So Graham Mertz finished this game. What was he, 13-for-15, 14-for-16, something like that? 14-for-16. Okay, he could have easily been 15-for-16 because in the first quarter, it was 3rd-and-4, Graham Mertz stayed in the pocket, got just annihilated, threw a good throw, and hit Marcus Allen in the hands, and he dropped it. That could have easily been a 15-for-16 game, like when we get into the pandemic year, and Graham Mertz is playing against Illinois. Coincidentally, now he's playing against Illinois State. And he started, what, like 17 for 17, and he finished, like, 19 of 21 in that game.
1: I thought, and we're like, is this
0: the Graham Mertz coming out game? So now we're getting a, a second yeah. flash of that. Um, well, we have a real offensive coordinator this time. We I do. Like. And he's, yeah. And I said this to, I think it might have been Jeff Patricus that tweeted about it, and I'm, I commented on it, and I'm like, I really feel like Paul Chris is a good coach. He was just wearing too many hats last year. Yeah. And I've said that, and I'll, I'm just going to keep saying it because – That's what I do. I just repeat things that I say.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's, if, if, if it's true, then I would too. Uh, The thing about, you know, the new offensive coordinator is like, this guy's been in like the NFL, he's been in NFL Mm -hmm. locker room. So like he understands like that next level, you know, and he understands Mm -hmm. how to connect with different people and different people have different coaching styles. You know, that's what we've tried to say in here before. So maybe he's able to get through with Graham and maybe Graham will have a consistent year. I will say the first three games, We're probably going to gas him up a little bit because he's going to be playing good. He's going to be playing some lower competition. That Ohio State game, and Jesus, this schedule, man, when I saw it when it first came out, it was like, okay, shit team, shit team, shit team. All right, who do we get when we get in the conference play? Oh, we're going on the road to Ohio State. We're just going to jump right into it, huh?
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like one home game, two road games, one home game, two road games. It's like, all right, cool.
1: Head first, baby. Let's go. (laughs) So, I mean, that that Ohio State game is really, really going to be one that That'll be like a real test where we can really grade how far Graham Mertz is. It mm-hmm. will be nice having these first three games, though. Right. Not to get ahead of ourselves, we're still focusing on Illinois State right now. But it'll be nice to have these first three games right. to get a, get some his feet wet and like realize, you know, game situations and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? duel Stroud, and we beat Ohio State, book it. <laughs> then we drop out of the top Matt, 25. That so is now.
0: fully committing to the 38 to 0 win, move down a spot in the ranking. So, well, yeah. to be
1: fair, Ohio State moved down and they beat Notre Dame.
0: That's yeah, that's true. Florida, what did Florida go from like 20th to 13th or something like that? Yeah, who the hell did they beat? I forgot, like a nobody school. No, they beat somebody, they played somebody. <sighs> god damn it i watched the highlights that game was actually exciting all right i'm gonna go back to talking about the offense while jake pulls that up because braylon allen looked pretty good Uh, mike called out that outside of his 96 yard touchdown run which he displayed really good patience on um that he was about 13 for 52 which is about four yards a carry which isn't what you would expect from wisconsin running back but it is still a first down if you run every play like it feels like the badgers do at times um Chesma Lucy actually showed some good vision out of the backfield, which I thought was good to see. You get that that combo running back, and then I liked seeing Isaac Garendo on the kick returns, like he's got that speed. Yeah. So, I actually, I really like that role for Isaac Garendo. I um, thought he was gonna break one there, man. Dude, DK was so close. I'm like, DK rips off a 74 yard reception, like the DB was just a little bit faster than him. I'm like, damn it, if DK could have scored a touchdown on that. It would be a really good start to my bold prediction of 10 plus touchdowns for Kim Ray DK this year. And then he did end up scoring on that, that possession. So he finished with three catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. He was one of my three stars just because like, I've been locked on to Kim Ray DK since last season. He was one of the guys that I was watching, but he was just kind of stuck behind Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis this year. As far as wide receivers are concerned, Kim Ray DK has the keys to the car. Um, And I'm really excited and I hope he builds on this week. So Kimmery DK was one of my three stars. Um, My other two were Braylon Allen. He ripped off the 96 yard touchdown run. Like I said, displayed some really good patience on that play. Uh, He broke some tackles, which a guy of his size, you would expect to happen at least once in a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I went with John Torchio just because he had the sack. He had the pick six. Um, and he's going to have even more responsibility on him with Hunter Woller injured. Um, so he's going to be needed to to do basically everything you would expect out of a safety and probably some more. Um, so I want to give those three guys, those are my three stars. First of all, I found the Utah stuff. Oh, Utah. I just gave away the answer.
1: Florida played Utah. Utah was number seven. Right. Florida yeah, was, was unranked. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Florida was unranked. Florida they...
0: unranked to number
1: thirteen. Twelve. They're really? number twelve now.
0: Jesus Christ. They're number
1: twelve. And they play number twenty Kentucky this week. Kentucky is ranked one. I actually kinda like Kentucky. Us. I know they've been getting good at football. We talked about that. I think yeah, I week. think we have. Yep. We have. Um what's up, Simon? Uh how you doing, buddy? Um, hey, so
0: Simon, my... I just want to throw out there, Tim's talking a lot of shit in the comments. If you want to scroll yeah. up and go find him.
1: Yeah, he's talking shit about you, Simon. <laughs> um, so my three stars, I went with I'm Braylon starting Allen. Starting to fight the driver up our comments. Um, Braylon Allen had the school record 96-yard touchdown run. And like you said, he still averaged the first down every carry. So there's that. Um, I went John Torchio, school record 100-yard pick six. That was really the play that jump-started you know, the team, jump-started the fans, uh, the crowd mm-hmm. got into it. So it kind of got us rolling. That was probably the biggest play of the game, in my opinion. Um, and then I had DK, uh, 74 yard res- uh reception off the off the screen pass. Um he just gets
0: those high knees, like Aaron Rodgers said, he would have been gone.
1: But he like you said, he did end up getting a touchdown. That was a really nice
0: pass, by the way. That no, was. Um that was good on the money. I'm so, for sure the way you were talking about you were gonna have Graham Mertz in your three stars.
1: No, but I don't wanna go too I didn't want to go too crazy with Graham Mertz, but just saying that he played really, really yes. well, and he made some really good passes. Like, there was a play – it, who was it, too? I don't remember. might have been DK, actually. But there was a wide receiver. There was two split out to the left, and he ran a little out route, little go route out, and uh, called it a flag route, and he just drops it right in the fucking bread basket. Even the announcers that were calling the game – and, yes, they were weirdos, and they were definitely humping each other in yeah. that booth. I don't care what anybody says. That was weird. Not worried about Tim Whack ass.
0: I team. told you we're gonna start a fight in the comments section yeah, just to absolutely. drive up our comments on this week's fight, video.
1: Fight, fight, <laughs> fight. Um, but even the announcers upstairs, you know, after that pass, they're like, whoa, that was a good throw. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, that was that was a nice one. That one had touch, had a little bit of zip. It was on time. I mean, everything about that play was fantastic. So I think Graham Mertz is
0: uh laying down the building blocks. He was asked about the screen to to DK after the game. Uh, He said that was a new wrinkle from the offensive coordinator, Ingram. And he said there's a few more wrinkles coming. So, like, I'm getting all hot and bothered just waiting for play action. Like, just put a shit ton of play action. I don't even care if you don't throw a single regular pass. You can hand the ball off 40 times and do play action every other time. don't even (laughs) care if you don't do a normal drop back. Like, Oh, uh, James is itching to, to fight with some Falcons fans. I don't think James, we have any. Why do you like fighting with Falcons fans so much, man? <laughs> Matt's <laughs> laughing at me saying hot and bothered. I love play action, Matt. I am who I am. <laughs> I love play action too. And the the Badgers, we've talked about this before, have the perfect offense exactly. to run play action. And, doing... and you can get Mertz out in some space and let him have some room to throw and not feel like he's you know getting um, claustrophobic in the pocket or getting tripped by Braylon Allen, which Sucks that it happened, but you know, it happens once in a while. Um, so, I mean, you gotta come on the on the
1: camera in a couple days, buddy. <laughs> Tim's just gonna roast you for
0: buying his phone. Yeah, Matt, I totally agree too. Packers can run a shit ton of play action too. Rogers is best in the league at throwing off balance and throwing I off think, of one foot.
1: Matt, I don't know if you tuned into our bonus episode where we talked about formations in football. Uh, We talked a lot about the 21, 22, the 12 personnel. Um, Yeah, we talked about a lot of play action out of those those sets. I really believe that they're going to run a lot more play action. The reason that they didn't – so the reason they didn't run 21 personnel a lot more last year is because I don't think they trusted Dylan to the point where they trusted Williams the year before. Now they know where Dylan is. They know that he can handle the catching, he can handle the blocking, and he can run inside-outside. So now I'm expecting a lot more 21 personnel, which means more play action, which means more Robert Tanyan, which means Jake Smart.
0: Let's go. Also means that a lot of teams could potentially be paying attention to A.J. Dillon in the play-action game and Aaron Jones being on the field at the same time and having Aaron Jones running some routes. Yeah, that too. And James, you know, I know you're I know you're excited to get against the Falcons, but I mean if you were a Falcons fan right now, would you be out and about? That's true. Like they're probably like, what, 30th in power rankings right now?
1: I mean, I James, Maybe I know it, I know you see the few Bears fans that are in prime, but are they smart? I'm not I don't want to say that they're dumb,
0: but I'm the head <laughs> nod kind of gives it away. It just goes back to the I have yet to come across a pleasant Chicago fan. Nah. Yeah. Um, And yes, Pat, I know if you're a true fan, but let's be honest, how many true fans are out there on social media? Nope. Like they are, there are some, but the much louder voices you're going to hear from the idiots. Not saying that everybody that has a loud voice is an idiot. But it tends to be a lot of situations where the person just tries to win an argument by talking louder, not by actually having some factual basis to the point that they're trying to make. Somebody said they wouldn't want Giannis.
1: (laughs) That is purely out of spite because he's mad. He's mad. He's mad. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't want the best player in the league in his prime. Yeah, seems like a smart decision,
0: especially on a team with a really good passing point guard. You know, but whatever.
1: Yeah, you know. <laughs> Teach their own, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you played football in a really small college. You probably know football. Yeah, just like I'm sure Lavar Ball has a lot of respect in the basketball world. Good day, mates. <sighs> hey, Jared. I think Jared, Jared is in Australia, I think. you he, think he's a friend of James's. He's a Giants fan. Um, no, 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 no. But I had nothing to do. Well, well you came to north. the right spot. We didn't have oh, anything to do either. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure he does use the term. He just runs and dunks. Probably just calls him a bulldozer. He says he just runs people over. But, you know, this is... Okay, really quick. Here's the thing. People don't like Giannis's game because he's just a bulldozer and he just runs and dunks. Like, A, because he's stronger than everybody. And B, because he's one of the best finishers in the league at the rim. But those same people will bitch and complain that we don't have the same physicality that we did in the '90s, and then bash Giannis's play
1: style. Yeah, dude, Giannis. Just pick one. Giannis would fit in with the '90s.
0: Yeah. Okay. He's from Australia. He lives in Tennessee. Okay. Okay. I'm not
1: trying to be mean, but do you just like go up to people and call them mates because that's fucking awesome?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had enough balls to do that. (laughs) What up, mate? How you doing, mate? Like people, you you can't say "What up, mate." You gotta say "G'day, mate." You have to say good day. Why can't yeah, I say what up? You, I like what up. It's more laid back. What up, mate? Yeah, it's because you're American. American? Exactly. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're not American. You're American. And yes, Matt Giannis would dominate in any era. Um, <laughs> Jared said, "I 100 do." Um, <laughs> Simon calls all the other people the other Australian word. You no, know, just Carl Urban out here. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the Badgers' offense against Washington State's defense for Saturday.
1: All right, let me flip her over here. All right, so Washington State's defense, they played Idaho, by the way. Um, They won 24-17 against Idaho, if that tells you anything. How um, much? They gave up 358 yards, 215 passing yards, 143 mm-hmm. rush yards, and allowed 6 of 13 on third down. Um, This is also a good note. They allowed Idaho to win the – Time of possession. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. Figured it out by myself. Uh, Idaho won the time of possession, thirty-six
0: thirty-five. Flipper, Simon, over, noticed. Simon noticed it too. You said it, and I'm like, God damn it,
1: Simon! Simon, you have a whole girlfriend
0: in your house, man, and you still talk like this, <laughs> dude. You, I laugh you... every time you say the word sixty-nine. <sighs> Let's not act like we don't.
1: It because because that has
0: to happen. You know, that's just, like in my brain. We're just children.
1: <laughs> you're six
0: all right all right Right in the you middle got.
1: of me making a good point you son of a bitch
0: yeah now everybody's gonna forget and it's just gonna turn into a 69 joke like it always does <laughs> all right time. so looking at the badgers offense i'm looking at graham mertz like i said he was 14 of 16 could have jared said 69 is universal <laughs> um could have easily been 15 for 16 um mm-hmm. like i said that pass hit uh, Marcus Allen in the hands. and I think that could have been there. I'm looking forward to seeing what potential quote-unquote new wrinkle is coming, <laughs> whether they, they open it up or not. Um, yeah. Simon, that's all right. And Women just universally roll, our, roll their eyes at us for laughing at dumb <laughs> shit. Um, so the other thing I'm looking at is Braylon Allen and Ches say they both looked good. Um, they're still going to be leaned on heavily like Graham it's only threw 16 passes in week one. I don't anticipate more than 20, 22 20. max. Um, unless this evolves into a shootout, which we'll talk when we flip over. Um, not what I said. I said it differently. Um, and then I'm looking at Kim DK again. Like I said, I predicted 10 plus touchdowns for him as one of my bold predictions. If he can just stack a touchdown every week, that'll be 12 touchdowns and I'll be right on one of my bold predictions. So, um, uh, Washington State, like Jake said, did allow 212 passing yards last week. Um, the Badgers have the running backs to to build up rushing yards as well. And this is, again, where I get into a situation where it's like, please run, play, action. Um, I really don't know outside of Wisconsin if there's a better team more equipped to run good play action than the Badgers. Um, so... You know, that's what I'm looking at for the offense. Um, Jared said he remembers the dumbest things. He's asked James what the American version of good day, mate would be and then remembers that Americans speak English. <laughs> yep. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, that goes what so up, man. Jake, yeah. Jake's, Jake says what up. Um, okay. So, let's go to Badger's defense versus Washington State's offense.
1: Yes, Matt. Tyler already
0: said that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Tightness Washington was the that State,
1: I uh, they had a total of 274 yards. So, if they only had 274 versus Idaho, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, 212 passing yards, and they had 62 rushing yards. So, I mean, not great. It is what it is, but... Um, I think the Badgers – I mean, really what I think is going to happen is we're going to pound the fucking rock about 35, 40 times. Uh We're going to impose our 400,000-pound offensive line over their probably tiny defensive line. I mean, Washington State's one of those schools where they'll have like one good defensive player like every five years that hits the NFL draft. So the Badgers are just bigger, better. They're going to run the ball. We're going to dominate time of possession, we're going to win the game.
0: That was what I was gonna say. They didn't try to keep Washington State's offense off the field. Um, yeah, Matt, we kind of ran through the the recaps of the games kind of quickly because we wanted to talk more about the uh the nuanced stuff. The We needed more context, Matt. Yeah, the attitude towards the teams and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously everybody's salty about the games and and we knew that going into it. So like we're not trying to gloss over the the bad stuff, but we wanted to to discuss the context and the way that we want to move forward knowing that we were dealing with a rough situation with the Brewers. We just kind of wanted to to talk about more of the fan base and, and some of the stuff that we're going to get into in the offseason when it comes to evaluations and stuff. So, um, yes, we did throw that out there, and it probably happened really quick. So, All right, so looking for the Badgers defense against Washington State's offense, Washington State's probably going to pass the ball way more. Than Illinois State did. Um, Washington State's quarterback Cam Ward threw 40 passes last week, threw for 215 and three touchdowns. Um, The Badgers are actually going against a former Badger, Nakia Watson. He had 18 carries for 117 yards last week. Um, Basically, what I'm looking for with the Badgers defense is to keep contain and Mm -hmm. just get to the quarterback um because cam ward will run he ran he had five rushing attempts last week for 18 yards it doesn't jump off the page but what it does show you that five rushing attempts is that he's willing to run extend so, drives. right so that's what i'm looking for is just for the badgers to get to the quarterback like they do uh, my man nick herbig had his had his sack last week on the second possession um and then for not committing penalties uh, the badgers had a third and 26 last week committed a penalty. And then gave up a conversion on the third and thirteen. Uh, that was one of the third down conversions that the Badgers allowed last week. That was in the first quarter, thankfully. Maybe that's what they were getting yelled at at the start of the second quarter. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm looking for containing the quarterback and then just getting to the quarterback, rallying to the ball, not letting Cam Ward get comfortable. He was 25 of 40 last week. That's a lot of passes. Um, yeah, and now without Hunter Waller in the game as well. So. That'll be important to keep an eye on. So let's go to an X factor and a key to victory. So give me your X factor. All
1: right. So my X factor on offense is going to be Mertz. Um, I'm going to look for him to stack a good performance on top of another one. Um, The Idaho quarterback, I should have wrote down the entire stats, but he actually had a pretty decent day Uh, when I was looking at the stats. I was like, Idaho quarterback looked pretty good against them. So there's no saying that Graham Mertz can't as well. Um on defense, uh I have Herb. Uh he needs to get pressure. I think he's a guy that could totally wreck a game. Um, I think this is a game that he could wreck. This is one of those games where you look back at the end of the year and you're like, oh my god, he has 18 sacks and he has three of them in this game, you Mm -hmm. know. So this is one of those games for him. So he has to wreck havoc in the backfield, and that'll take him to keys of victory, but I'll wait till you're
0: extra. So with the offense, I'm gonna go with the tight end group. Okay. Um the so like tight ends, like it felt like each one of them made like one solid play with Clay Cundiff. Um I think it's Jake Eschenbach and then it's I believe Hayden Rucci. There's two Rucci's on the team. One of them's a tight end and one of them's a lineman. lineman. Yeah. I think I think the offensive lineman is Nolan and I think the tight end is Hayden.
1: The offensive lineman is better too. He was like a five star
0: recruit. Yeah. Um, I think they're from Wisconsin too, actually. Yeah. Um <laughs> well he's like six eight, three forty, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. He's Wisconsin or Iowa. Those are your options. <laughs> yeah, they they come out of the cornfield. I forgot that we brought that out last week. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at the tight end room. uh we talked about it in the primer last week that we don't really have a clear cut. You know, a Jake Ferguson. Um, you know, I mentioned that not knowing what Clay Cundiff's injury last year, last year was. Obviously, he was playing. He made a couple plays. Um, with not a lot of throws coming from Graham Mertz the tight ends are going to need to basically make a play once a game. Um, And we'll see if one of those three can emerge as a trusted target for Graham Mertz. Obviously my guy, Kimmer ADK is, is going to be active and involved. And then on the defensive side, I'm going with John Torchio. Um, With Hunter Waller being injured, obviously that elevates his importance as far as safeties. Um, I'm looking at the Badgers tight ends, Matt. I know you're, I know what you're getting at. I am. All right. And then um, looking Uh, at the cornerbacks. So there's, we have the three transfers at cornerback mm -hmm. for the Badgers. Um, Made some good plays at times, were a little shaky at other times. Um, Against a passing team like Washington State, John Torchio is going to have the opportunity to be the ball hawk that I know he is and that he showed he is in the Illinois State game. So those are my two X factors for the Badgers.
1: All right. So I already gave one of my keys to victory. It's that the O line is going to absolutely manhandle the front seven of Washington State. Um, I'm looking for the Badgers to rush for over three hundred yards this week. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of my it's one of my predictions. I think Braylon Allen's gonna come out. He's he's a guy that expects a lot of himself. So he's gonna be upset with his performance, not saying that he played bad, but he's gonna expect him he's gonna watch the tape and he's gonna be like, I should have broke this tackle, I should have juked here, I should have stiff armed this guy, I should have broke this tackle. You know, mm-hmm. so he's one of those guys. I look for them to rush for over 300 yards in this game. Um, and like I said, dominate the time of possession. And for, for my uh, keys to victory on defense. Yes. I brought up Herbig before. before. Um, he's going to definitely be a guy that I think is going to have a big game that is going to help the defensive backs. You already brought them up, but I trust Jim Leonard. I just going to say that right now. Yeah, I, the mean, <laughs> I trust yeah. Jim Leonard. So Jim Leonard is going to get these guys in the right spots. Remember, excuse me. It was just the first game. So Let's give it some time. Herbie has a big game, gets a push, makes the quarterback have happy feet. He throws a couple up. We get a couple picks. Let's go. Party time in Madison.
0: When you talk about John Leonard and trusting him, Jim Leonard, not John Leonard. I'm thinking about John Torchio again. Jim (laughs) Leonard and trusting him. It's like the trust level that I have in Jim Leonard after watching him rebuild the defense again and again and again and again. It's like you'd pretty much trust him to lead you blindfolded through a house of mirrors. Like that's how much trust to have in Jim Leonard to build a good defense. Um, Andrew said the key to victory is to not be hung over prior to the game. I mean, yeah, that always helps. If I was a, a college football player, I'd be wanting to win on Saturday afternoon. So you can go party on Saturday night. Um,
1: this game's at two 30
0: though. You still party on Saturday. Even if the game gets over at say five 30, you get out of the stadium at six 30. You know, I'm going to have an opportunity in a few weeks. I'm going to the Illinois game. a boy. All right. So my key to victory um, is Graham Mertz staying effective and efficient when needed. So Jake's talking about controlling the front seven of Washington State. Um, <clears throat> and then I'm looking at um, basically, like I said, I don't see Graham Mertz throwing a maximum of 22 passes at the absolute most um, through 16 last week just for him to remain efficient and effective, whether it be picking up third down conversions or just getting the passes to the guys that he's looking at just to keep the ball moving and have the defense have to respect that Graham Mertz can complete the passes when he needs to. I agree. All right. What matchups are you watching in this game?
1: Well, I'm watching the fronts. I've been talking about them the entire time. I'm watching yeah. the front seven versus the Badgers offensive line. Uh, Mikey brought it up in our, our group chat, and I agreed with him 100%. He talked about the offensive line not playing as well, and that was kind of a trend that happened last year. And traditionally, when you watch Badgers football, you know that they're great up front, and that's one of the reasons that they can run the ball and they can control time and possession. So I'm watching the offensive line a lot this week. Uh, I know a lot of people are ball watchers that watch the quarterback, the watch where the where the ball gets thrown to. A lot of people do that. I'm going to be watching position groups. That's something that I'm really, really going to try to focus on this year. I'm I'm trying to like retrain my football mind. Well, I enjoy winning as well because my teams are going to win a lot. But I'm going to watch the front seven versus our front five. And
0: you're just out here throwing personal attacks at me because I'm watching the Washington State quarterback and our cornerbacks. <laughs> no, um, is it yeah. meant for you? <laughs> so well that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at because Washington State, we keep hearing, oh, Washington State's such a passing offense or such a passing offense. Their quarterback threw forty passes last week. The Badgers, like I said, have three transfer cornerbacks and are now without Hunter Waller. Mm-hmm. So I'm really gonna be looking at it because like we're looking forward, we're trying not to look past anybody. We're looking forward to that Ohio State game. Ohio State's gonna sling the ball around. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be looking for cornerback growth in these first three games. And now the Badgers are playing without one of their starting safeties. So if, if they can put together a good game in the secondary against a team that's going to throw the ball a lot, that would be something that would really encourage me.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, though, I'm going to give you this weather report. And it's part of the reason why I said they're going to rush for over 300 yards because the weather report this week a mix of clouds and sun in the morning giving way to few showers during the afternoon high of 78 winds north at 5 to 10 chance of rain 30% so it's going to be a little bit overcasty oh, maybe a like little a rainy that sounds like a wisconsin that's, badger that's, that's football, football
0: game weather oh, that man. is
1: football weather that is break out the break tone. out the
0: pumpkin spice candles and open the God windows let the cold
1: air on all right now you got me on my tangent cuz this bothers me every fucking year I'm sorry for swearing but Jesus, my birthday is September 3rd. <laughs> they put out the goddamn Halloween shit before my birthday passes. That's why I hate Halloween. Dude, okay? Hey,
0: dude, you're you're stuck on the retail, the retail seasonal schedule. They go from winter to summer to back to school to Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then we got like the dead period that nobody likes in January to March. Valentine's Day. Of... Yeah, I guess. And then they put out Easter candy, and then it's back to summer. That's the retail seasonal schedule right there. So you better expect as soon as the back to school supplies are gone, that Halloween candy is getting put on those fucking shelves. It's such bullshit! Like oh you it's... should know that by now. You're 30 years old, you old it's bastard. you <laughs> we run well in control
1: <laughs> time position. They will not have time. after have to throw 40 times. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna destroy
0: them in the run game. That's um, yeah. That's why, like we we said that a little bit earlier, Dad. That. James, your birthday's controlling literally the time of possession. Um <laughs> to controlling the time of possession to keep Washington State's offense off the field, um, uh, which in turn is also gonna make them have to pass the ball more if the badgers are scoring touchdowns after seven, eight, nine-minute drives. Hold on. I'm going at James. James, your birthday's literally right next to Halloween, or
1: like literally the day before, dude. Like your birthday is like eight weeks after mine.
0: Like, you, you probably should have just accepted that, James.
1: That Halloween. Yeah, you should have accepted it at that point. That's your that's your problem. Like my if birthday your birthday is like eight weeks after yours <laughs> or before yours, dude.
0: If your birthday is December 20th, like you might as well accept that your birthday and Christmas presents are getting lumped together. Oh 100%. You're just I gonna mean, get one big present. Like this counts as your birthday and your Christmas present.
1: I feel kind of bad for my stepson because like you know, Thanksgiving is is a big family holiday. So like you gotta travel mm. around, go eat at all these people's places. Sometimes his birthday ends up on Thanksgiving, and I actually feel bad for him because it's like, oh man, your birthday—we spent all day like
0: running around, like talking to people that we barely like. Dude, yeah, but <laughs> you know he's gonna mean? get to a point where he's gonna get older, and he's gonna be like, yeah, it's my birthday, and I get to eat all of this food.
1: Uh, I hope, and then One take day a he nap, will. and then watch football. One day he will, but right now he's nine, so he doesn't think like that. Well,
0: He'll be Simon's ten brother this brother year. That's that's pretty- Sorry double digits all right oh but man! Yeah, i mean that, yes, when you Simon get older gets... like you get to just eat on thanksgiving then you get to take a nap and then you watch football my stepson's is a 25th so it's pretty close to your Simon.
1: all right give me your score prediction i have 34 to 16 wisconsin i gave him 16
0: all right we are literally one week into goddamn football season What did you say? You said 36-16, 34-16? 34-16. I have 31-14. Ooh, we're close. Already? This is literally the first score prediction we're doing. We're already on top of each other for score predictions?
1: If we're right next to each other for Packers, then, man, we're on fire, baby. Whatever. Get out of my head. (laughs) <laughs> i just right. tried to think about it logically washington state yeah. will probably get a long touchdown pass like a like a 38 yarder, or something and it, like that it could happen
0: in the fourth quarter with four minutes yeah. left in the game the badgers exactly. up 25 points with all the backups in like they did last week exactly all right man well we will be back on friday night so if you want to hear us talk about the packers we will be previewing packers vikings on friday night with simon and bryant um and If you want Packers discussion, all of our Packers talk is going to be on Friday night this year's uh, (laughs) 69 to 14. (laughs) Um, All of our Uh. Packers talk this season is going to be on Friday nights. We're doing that to dedicate more time to the Green Bay Packers, which is our biggest draw. Um, We still, we still are going to be, are doing it. um, It's, Basically, we don't want to add two hours onto this show and give you a three and a half hour show on Wednesdays. Like, I don't want your ass to be sore after you're done watching our show and uh, commenting along with us, which we always appreciate. People that are commenting along and watching live—that's um, why we do the show live, so we can interact with the comments. And Matt can be a child and and comment on sixty nine to fourteen. <laughs> um, for watching the Greek games, Dad, you have to have like the like the EuroBasket pass, or there was like one station that had it um i can find the tweet i think eric name tweeted it out that had the places you can watch it but um it's like the euro basket channel package and then there was like one station that had it but um i do want to bring something up with Giannis though real quick uh Giannis had like he played like every other game in the Eurobasket thing
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i saw a lot of people being like i'm not happy that he's playing for greece because he's gonna get hurt he's under contract here and my response to that was, I saw he's, he's going to be playing basketball somewhere. Yeah. It's not like the guys are sitting in bubble wrap the day after they're eliminated from the playoffs up until opening day. Like he's going to be playing basketball all offseason somewhere. It's just because he's on national TV and you're seeing him play that it's more in the front of your mind. Um, we got a little bit of Bucks rumors as far as trades are going. There's nothing really concrete yet except for the Bucks making some calls. So we'll probably get a little bit more news on that as we get closer to October. Um, and that's when, um, that's when um, October 1st is when Jordan Wara's qualifying offer would expire. So that's maybe when we'll have a little bit more news on that. So maybe two or three weeks from now, we'll have a little bit more to talk about with basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Matt said Jokic and Doncic are playing. Um, Rudy Gobert is playing. Um, there's a bunch of NBA guys that are over there. Bro, playing, so you see Rudy
1: Gobert posting up against fucking Dennis Schroeder,
0: <laughs> dude. Oh. Rudy Go- yeah, and he settled for like a twelve foot. Bro, he was like shot. He looked like he was getting pushed by yeah. a six foot guy. And then I guess today he dunked on Luca. Oh, did he? I didn't see the. I didn't see the play. I uh, just saw okay. the, the bleacher report notification. But um, and and yeah, Andrew, oh, oh my he, god. Like, I get that he's under contract in America, but like, he's got enough money now where he could live the rest of his life comfortably because he's been in such a position in his life where he didn't have any money. Yeah. So, if if Milwaukee was going to be like, you're not allowed to play in Greece, he'd probably be like, oh, I'll just retire and go play in Greece for the rest of his life. Yeah, with I'm all sure his he'd be perfectly happy. all his with brothers
1: would go there too. Exactly. And... Yeah.
0: Well, I got to
1: say, Pat Connaughton has been more clutch i'll say
0: than russell Uh westbrook stop saying to trade pat Connaughton. the dude is the glue guy for this team and he was one of the most reliable three-point shooters during the entire title run
1: pat Connaughton needs to retire a buck because i love him
0: and that is the end of that is the end of the discussion he is the new playoff p it's not paul george it's pat Connaughton. yeah Still a little bit Paul George because I like I, Paul George's game, but I like Paul George too. And he has a cool nickname when he switches number to 13. That was awesome because then he's PG 13. Yeah, that was dude. He missed all those years when he was up and coming. I know, I know. That, oh, he all had right. the perfect name for it, but, but I know at least he realized it before he retired. True that, true that. All right, like all right, I man. said, maybe we'll have some more basketball news in two or three weeks as we get closer to October, but we will have Packers show Friday night. And then we will be back next Wednesday. So I will see you Friday night. Yes, sir. Peace out, boys. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat.